You're listening to the Quality of Love Podcast. Your home for all things love, relationship, and mental health. Hosted by nationally certified life and relationship coach, Tyrone Dixon. Sit back, relax, and get tips on creating the life you deserve without wasting any more time. Welcome to the Quality of Love podcast. It's another Wednesday episode, so we got a big episode coming for you guys today. Before we get into our episode for this afternoon or evening, just want to say thank you guys again. I don't know if you guys saw, but last week we made it to number 176 on the Apple podcast list for the United States of America, and we even got all the way up to number seven in the Ukraine, so that means people from other countries are listening to us as well, so I thought that was pretty cool, so I want to say thank you guys again before we get into our episode today. Today we got a jam-packed episode. We I got a couple questions that I received via email. I got another question that I received via inbox, so we'll be answering your questions, delivering that quote of the day, and talking about put me on. And of course, we cannot forget about our Wild Love Wednesday segment. So let's kick things off with our quote of the day. This quote comes from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And the quote goes, the mind, once stretched by a new idea, never returns to its original dimensions. Again, that quote, the mind, once stretched by new ideas, never returns to its original dimensions. And that's Ralph Waldo Emerson. The reason I love that quote so much is because what it's saying is once you learn new information and once you challenge your old belief systems with new beliefs and you figure out that your old belief systems may not have been correct all the time, your mind is stretched and it's very, very difficult to return to those same behaviors or same type of dimension. And just like I said in the episode, allow me to reintroduce myself, go back and check it out if you haven't, but my mind had been stretched once I started to learn information about the ACEs and emotional intelligence and started to study upon relationships. And thankfully, I've never gone back since. Okay, let's get into those questions. The very first question that I got via inbox is, is it a good idea to become friends with your ex? That's a really, really good question. And I think that that the answer to that question would depend upon your situation as well as your ex. So I say that to say, if your ex is mature enough to handle a friendship and they're not forcing you to try to get back in a relationship or they're not forcing you or putting moves on you and trying to force you back into a situation that you don't want to, I think that's perfectly fine as long as they're respectful of your boundaries. I think the tricky part when you talk about being friends with your ex it becomes a slippery slope when you start uh, not establishing boundaries. So if you don't have boundaries established as friends and not as lovers or partners, I think those things can get blurred in those instances. I would recommend taking some time back. So taking a step back after you and your ex kind of broke up or break up to allow your heart to heal because breakup is tough. And I think it, it's very beneficial to have some space in between breakups so that you can develop friendships and hopefully maybe down the line, get back into the idea of dating and working yourself back up into a relationship. So that was a loaded answer, I know, but it really, really is specific to your particular situation. If you can get back with your ex or if you should get back with your ex or not, I say if you're, you guys are both in a mature, comfortable position where you're not going to force anything upon each other or force each other to get back in a relationship, 
go for it, be friends. If not, if there's still some lingering feelings there or something along those lines, I say give each other that space to mend and heal that broken heart. Question number two that I got via email is, what are the key principles that underlie trauma-informed care? I think that's an excellent question. For me, the key elements to being trauma-informed or working with someone with a trauma-informed kind of knowledge base is being willing to be receptive to their experiences. Sometimes we go into situations and we expect people to know things. Like, for example, um, I remember going into and working in residential programming and some of the young men that I worked with didn't know how to clean, like, for example, do dishes or mop or clean tables down. And I remember initially getting extremely frustrated with these young men. Like, how could you not know how to clean? Like, this is the basics of the basic thing that I've been taught to me. Right. And once I said to me, I started to realize like, oh, okay, their experiences are different. So having a a willingness to be receptive to their experiences would be the one number one principle, I'd say. The second principle would be understanding that situations that we normalize as human beings. So birthday parties, going out, uh, outings, going to the zoo, going on trips. These type of situations are very, very uncomfortable for anyone who's experienced a ton of trauma in their life. So if they act out in these situations, like for example, if you celebrate their birthday and they act out, don't be judgmental to that. Because a lot of times when we're talking about trauma-informed and trauma-informed care, those kids have very limited exposure to in new experiences, to being out, to socially acceptable behavior. And even as those kids become older and become adults, if they never learned that or if no one ever taught that, now they just become adults with displaying socially unacceptable behavior. So be mindful of that and realize that the things that we've normalized and we consider normal would not be considered normal to someone who's grown up in a traumatic environment. And the last key that I would say in terms of underlying in trauma-informed care would be patience. A lot of times it takes a ton of exposure to new experiences, to new behaviors, to new environments before someone who's been heavily involved in traumatic backgrounds feel com- feels comfortable and feels like they're open to that love and belonging piece of the Maslow's hierarchy. So be patient with them, even extra patient. With them because a lot of times these experiences create high anxiety. The last thing I'll say about being trauma informed or having knowledge of trauma informed care is to constantly be able to access the latest bit or cutting edge information on trauma informed care. It's ever changing because trauma, we're discovering things about mental health and trauma all the time. So always have that openness and willingness to learn more about trauma informed care. Question number three, what is PTSD? Is anger a symptom of that disorder? I am first and foremost not a therapist or a psychologist, so I have to give that disclosure before I say that I went to actually look at the official definition of PTSD and what it means. And according to the Mayo Clinic, PTSD is a mental health condition that is triggered by a terrifying event either by experiencing it or witnessing it happen to someone else. So that's the official definition. In terms of is anger a symptom of this disorder, I think it can be for sure. For you, I would highly recommend you kind of digging deeper into that emotion. So the emotion of anger, right? So a lot of times when we display anger or we become frustrated or upset with something or a situation, 
that's just the surface emotion, right? So that's what we're comfortable expressing, right? But in a lot of cases, the emotion that comes out first, especially when it's anger, jealousy, aggression, is just a, sur- it's a surface emotion that hides the emotion that's going on underneath. And in a lot of cases, when you're angry or you become angry easily, it's because you don't feel like you have control of a situation, whether that's your life, the life of your family, loved ones, whatever the case may be. You don't have say so in a situation, meaning you're being told what to do constantly. and You don't feel like you have any type of say so in the situation. We are hurt and we're trying to mask our hurt with the emotion of anger, because, again, that's something that we've been told it's okay to express at an early age. Or we just don't know another emotion to express but anger, which is easy to express and it's easy to allow that type of emotion to take over your body. So that's what I would do for you. Um, PTSD may be, I should say anger may be a, a symptom of PTSD, but I invite you to look a little deeper into your anger and try to identify where that anger is coming from, why it's coming from that place and how long it's dwelled in that place. Because that'll actually free you of feeling enclosed or trapped by your own anger. I also want to give this full disclosure. I invite you to get to a point where you're okay with seeking professional help. A lot of times professional help is considered taboo in our society. I invite you to reach out and and seek professional help either from myself, who's a, a life and relationship coach, or even a mental health therapist, a psychiatrist, any, anyone along those lines. That the anger can be overcoming and overwhelming, I should say, when you're displaying it often. And I, you can inadvertently trick your mind into thinking that it's okay to respond in that manner until you get in a lot of trouble. Question number four is Is there a looming mental health crisis? Uh, personal pain here, I just have to say that. I I absolutely think there's a looming mental health crisis considering everything that we got we have going on with COVID-19, the amount of people that are unemployed at this point in time. I really think that it's a recipe for disaster in terms of all of our mental health. So I do think there's a looming mental health crisis. Also, the COVID-19 precautions, I feel like personally they lend themselves to people having a lack in social skills. So There's going to be, once everything blows over, there's going to be a lot of people who are lacking or timid in interacting with others. So I think that's going to play a huge role into our societal psychology. And I do really think that it's going to be a looming mental health crisis, which is why I say, please, please, please be proactive in trying to manage your own mental health as well as the mental health of those around you, because we are we are coming upon some pretty delicate times, even though we're a lot of states are opening up more. I think that it's it's, it's a recipe for disaster. I invite you to be proactive in seeking support groups. So seeking out groups of other people to talk to other people to engage with plan activities, do things that allow you to not feel trapped inside your house until automatic or until something opens back up and now we're automatically outside in front of others with limited ability to engage question number five what are some things you do to stay calm i personally like to read i also enjoy working out so staying physically fit i think physical and mental fitness go hand in hand so staying on top of my physical fitness is a really really good way to stay on top of my mental fitness i do find that Those days where I skip workouts or if I go long periods of time, 
without working out, there's definitely more anger and frustration and kind of pressure added to my plate. Just internally, I feel it. My body feels different. So that's what I do. Uh, I like to physically work out. I also enjoy reading. I said this during the last podcast, the last big podcast, that is. I really, really enjoy reading. Uh, it's kind of, it gets me away from my world. So reading is another really, really big one for me. I also create opportunities to kind of disengage, right? So I'll leave my phone or laying around somewhere and I might go for a walk or I might take my daughter outside and run around and play with her for a little bit. Those are just, again, those little opportunities that I have to disengage or go off the grid, maybe not for a long period of time, but just for a little bit where it's just me, my daughter, or me and my wife and daughter in our own little world, which is another thing I'm all for. I highly invite you to create your own world inside of the world we live in. Because if you go according to what society tells you, you can be you can be all messed up at some point in time. I believe the state that we're in now as a country, as a society, is just a perfect melting pot for disagreement, for disaster. So the further you can stay away from our actual society and create your own, I think the more fulfilling life is. Lastly, question number six. You look like a great dad. How do you make it look so easy? I That's a tricky question. Um, just to be completely transparent with you guys, I struggle with parenthood. I question myself a lot when it comes to parenthood, whether I did the right thing, whether I'm doing the right thing, whether the sacrifices that I'm making are worth it. So it, it's constantly for me a situation where I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting and I'm judging and I'm gauging how I can improve, how I can be a better father. So that's that's what I do personally. That's something I would be careful with inviting someone else to do because there are times in which I have to like literally sit down and like self-talk myself into like it's okay. Right? Every decision you make won't be a good one. Like this is all a learning process. This is a process of trial and error. And there are times where I feel like overwhelmed with emotion when it comes to parenthood and am I doing the right thing in terms of being a parent? Which I'm sure that that a lot of that comes from my childhood and the fact that I compartmentalize a lot of trauma at a very, very early age. So now it's that constant questioning of all of my decisions in terms of my parenting and my parenting style. I say that to say uh, if you are there, I don't think there's any way to be a great parent. Like it, It's constantly a, a, a back and forth trial and error, a willingness to be honest, a willingness to assess how you handle different situations. Right. So if you are someone who yells and are aggressive with your children personally, in my personal opinion, that's on you. That's not on your child because you have to learn to work with your own emotions in order to effectively work with the child's emotions. So trial and error and honest reflection are the one, the route that I would go when it comes to being a good parent. And also don't forget the willingness piece, right? Cause that's, that's where it starts the willingness to want to be a good parent. And in my instances, I think that I, I come across as a great parent because that's, that's what I want, right? I want to be great. I'm constantly assessing myself, assessing my parenting style and trying to see how I can be better. All right. That brings us to our Wild Love Wednesday segment. Wild Love Wednesday today goes to my mother, Alvina Denise Robinson. 
my mom and I have had a turbulent relationship, right? So we've had our ups and downs. But I, I would say, honestly, within the fe- last two years since Abigail has been been born, my mom has shown me so much love, so much attention, so much. I I can't even put it into words. Just so much. Um, and not only has she shown me these things, but she's helped me work through my own kind of traumas and the things that I compartmentalized when it comes to my own children. So I have to give Wild Love Wednesday shout out to my mother, Alvina Denise Robinson. I love you, mom. I appreciate you. I'm sorry for being a knucklehead during my teen years and even into my 20s. I get it now. I really do. I get it. Being a parent is not easy. It's hard. Trial and error is ever present. So I do love you, mom. I appreciate you. And I thank you. Well, I love Wednesday. Alvina Denise Robinson, my mama. Last but certainly not least, put me on. I got an inbox of a show called The Tiger King on Netflix that I went ahead and checked out. So thank you to the person that recommended that. If you guys have not checked out Tiger King yet, boy, oh boy. Um, there's a lot going on in that show. There's an awful lot going on in that show. Uh, so much so that I had to, I've never been one to watch, binge watch, that's what they call it. I've never been one to binge watch shows. Tiger King is definitely one of those shows that I binge watched. It's so like, it is so crazy, man. Like, it's so crazy. Um, the guy, Joe, uh, and Carol Baskin, uh, which who she's become famous via going viral. And even the other gentleman, I can't remember his name, but like he's called the quote unquote tiger Lord or something like that. And he has, he manipulates the women to live on his land. How in the world is that guy not like under investigation for something? Uh, it's crazy. Like, it's just a crazy show. Thank you for the person that recommended it. I, I enjoyed watching it. I did not know that people can be that nuts. That's my my honest assessment. And uh, keep throwing those shows at me, man. We got a lot of time here during quarantine. So keep throwing those shows. Also want to say I appreciated the workout that I got sent in my inbox as well. I appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to continue to get things from you guys and discovering new shows. I probably would have never watched Tiger King on my own without that recommendation. I'm happy it was recommended. I'm happy I did watch it. What a what a crazy show. There's so much going on at one time. If you have not seen it yet, I won't ruin it for you, but check out Tiger King. That's our show for this Wednesday. Remember to get any questions or comments that you guys have into us at TQLP20 at gmail.com. Again, send those questions over to TQLP20 at gmail.com. We'll be sure to answer those on our next episode. Remember, anonymously, we can't tell you guys how much we appreciate you, man. We're still trying to climb those charts. So remember to continue to describe, tell a friend to tell a friend or subscribe, excuse me, tell a friend to tell a friend. Leave a review on those Apple, Spotify podcasts or Stitcher as well. And as always, remember, the quality of love and relationships that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love. Thank you.